Welcome to Social Work Shorts Insights, a podcast where I just talk to people who know stuff. Welcome to uh, Social Work Shorts Insights. It's an absolute pleasure to have Rob Mitchell with me today um, because I've uh, really thoroughly enjoyed reading the book Social Work, Cats and Rocket Science. I think that's an absolute gem um, and I'd encourage everybody to read that. And uh, what, what, uh, Rob, if you just tell me uh, a, a bit about like who you are and can you, where you fit into the social work world first and then I'll, I'll, I'll introduce what I would like to talk to you about. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, it's lovely to be here. I'm uh, So I'm a social worker and uh, I've been a social worker. I've been in social care for, for about 30 years uh, and in professional social work for, for just over uh, 20. Um, uh, I'm currently principal social worker um, and head of service uh, for disability services uh, in Bradford uh, Council. Um, and my, my career has been very, very kind of traditional, local authority, um, kind of uh, social worker, advanced practitioner, team manager, into kind of service manager and head of, head of service. And uh, lucky enough, kind of a few years ago, that um, that I got the PSW responsibilities uh, at my previous local authority uh, and, and, at, and at this. Um, so the services that kind of report through to me um, at the moment are kind Kind of learn disability services, um, uh, mental capacity act, safeguarding um, those those kind of uh, areas, but a career um, in uh, local authority adult social work management. Excellent, excellent, uh, and and uh, and you're very active on Twitter, and that's what that's what uh, that's what got me, that's what piqued my interest. Um, well, the couple of things that you, I mean, everything you say uh, piques my interest, but these two things stuck out particularly because my background is, is very similar. Mm. Although I haven't scaled your dizzy heights, yeah. but uh, the, but uh, but my uh, my background's quite similar. And so these these two tweets um, really struck me, and I just wanted to kind of get you to delve into them a little more. So here's the first one. You said, if you set your adult social work service up to be an assessment service, if you focus on the number of assessments they do and how quick, if you dish out assessment quotas, if you call social workers assessors, if that's what it is, expect the absolute worst for people and the service. Mm. Uh, and that they're quite strong words. They're quite strong they words. Are. So, uh, uh, you know, and uh, but they resonated with me. Um, in, in terms of uh, how local authorities as bureaucratic organisations, organisations that are often tasked with emptying bins and sorting streetlights out, et cetera, um, how that culture maybe percolates into kind of social work and how that maybe restricts what we do. Uh, but I'm kind of telling you what I think now. I was interested in what you thought and why yeah, no, you didn't like <laughs> and I'm dead interested in what you think because I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, so... Um, so I think I think the, the the first thing to say is that obviously um, some of, some of the social media stuff, some of some of the tweets can be kind of deliberately provocative in terms of trying to encourage uh, a de debate. Not that they're particularly kind of thought through in in that way, but kind of in hindsight, kind of looking back on some things that I've probably tweeted of these, probably same as everybody on social media. Uh, some things that you kind of would 100% kind of stand by. Other things you kind of change your mind uh, about, but it's there. It's it's, it's on record that, that that you've said it. Uh, and some things um, kind of uh, you know you know when you're tweeting it, it might be kind of contentious and there might be different. Uh, 
opinions. And I think this this tweet was probably probably I can't remember, but it was probably born out of frustration about a particular area of of, of my work. So I think the first thing to say is that in, in kind of you know in critiquing anything around kind of adult social work, um, I, I, I'm I'm part of the problem. I'm I'm in the thick of it, and I always have been. And and uh, I absolutely understand. Every now and again, I'll get, I'll get a kickback. And quite rightly, from people, often um, parents of people with disabilities, who kind of say, "Well, you say this, Rob, but actually, you know, you know, you're saying this about panel, but you're on, you're on panel, or what was panel? It's it's you that that that, that yeah. uh, uh, is part of the problem." Um, so there's probably that that caveat is probably worth making. Um, yeah, I, that tweet's based on, on my experience. I've, I've worked across three local authorities. I've, I've been involved in, in a, with a lot of other local authorities, kind of doing peer reviews and things like that. Um, and um, and I see it, and I still see it, and it, and it still drives me absolutely mad that that you know that 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 function that was in the NHS Community Care Act, going in the 1990 Act, that that ethos, that managerial ethos despite the fact that we're over 30 years on and that we've now got a legislation that replaces it, which is better than... It's not perfect, but it's better than it. Um, and we've got other good bits of legislation that are helpful to adult social work, particularly around the Mental Capacity uh, Act and our understanding of human rights, that this... Let's say this managerial kind of uh, approach still kind of resonates and still sits in the heart of too much of lo local authority. So, so I still do see um, at services where social workers are given um, key performance indicators uh, around a speed, around timeliness, around how quick they they can be. And the, I suppose that the. the if I've learned nothing in, in social work, my, my colleague Elaine James always, she calls it slow social work. She said, what I want from social workers is I want slow social workers. It's not always a great term, slow social workers, because I think people kind of think that that's ponderous and not actually getting through uh, work. But I know what she means, and, and it, it's the relational social work. It's the social work that we keep kind of talking about. It's that rights-based social work is absolutely, um, or, or strength-based social work is underpinned by a rights-based uh, approach. And that's takes time because that means that we need to have a relationship with the person now it might be a relationship that allows us to be involved in their lives for two minutes and that two minutes might be them telling us where to go it's absolutely fine yeah. but a relation a relationship of sorts is, is needed within that two minutes and it's needed over years if you're working with somebody over a longer period of, of, of time and that managerial approach of of, of measuring uh, speed um, is is extremely is extremely damaging. When I started in in, in social work, um, the first job that I had, I was actually called a social care uh, assessor. Um, and one of the I, there's loads of stuff that I've got wrong in social work, loads of mistakes that I keep I keep making. But the one thing that I am particularly proud of is in that particular local authority, I got to be. Uh, eventually, I, 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 I became service manager for that area. And the first thing that I did when I got a bit of clout is that I changed the name back to social workers. I got rid of social care assessor because it, it kind of typified everything that I thought was wrong within that local authority. And, and within, with, with, I felt like I'd been trained at university to do this um, this social work role, which which I which I loved absolutely, I, I loved it outside of social work when I was working in social care. I always loved that kind of the, what I thought was social work. I loved the three years at university about that. This is this is what social work is. And then I found myself on day one being given these assessments to do and this social care assessor role and told about how quick that I needed to wrap through it. And I remember thinking, kind of week one or week two in, I think I've ended up kind of 
getting the wrong job. I've been trained to do something. I've been educated to do something, and I must have been standing in the wrong queue, the job centre, and I've ended up doing doing this job. Um, so it, that that tweet was 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 about that really. And and, and what I find is that the, the local authorities that um, and NHS Trust now, because obviously they're a big employer of adult social workers, the ones that that um, have set themselves up to be uh, assessing part of the assessing industry uh, are the ones that at the same time are you know desperately clawing back money and they make kind of quite upfront about budget savings and things like that and i recognize that all local authorities are in you know it's really really difficult across public sector at the moment with regards to to to, to finances but i kind of think if that is how you set yourself up if you set yourself up to assess the lives out of people as quickly as possible um not only is it going to be extremely devastating it's going to have a devastating impact in the people on the people that you're there to to serve as public servants which is the most important thing but secondly you're going to be a million miles away from your budget savings um, as a result of that that approach. You, you, you're, going, you're going to save nothing. The best you might be able to do as a local authority, as an NHS trust, is that you might be able to defer people to your from your services for six months, 12 months, uh, maybe. But they're going to come back, and they're going to come back and they'll experience that same awfulness that you've created, that assessment uh, industry. But next time round, uh, their needs will have will have increased because they've not had a relationship with a social worker that's enabled, or an OT, or a physio, or whoever, that's enabled them to delve underneath the um, the issues that come up on an assessment. And an assessment is always just a tiny snapshot in somebody's life. You will never. Get, I used to churn out. Nobody did bigger assessments than me. And it took me a long time to realise I was writing these assessments for myself. I enjoyed writing them when I was a newly qualified, but I didn't know any better because I was mm -hmm. born into this assessment culture. And I would sit and I'd write these huge assessments and I would take cases to, what well, we'd call them cases, and cases would go to panel yeah. and panel would make decisions on uh, on, on cases. Um, those assessments, 50-page assessments, were never read by anybody. They were read by me when I would read back on, you know, the greatness yeah. of what I typed and absolute time wasting but what the assessments would lead to the assessments would lead to support plans that was the outcome of an assessment it yeah. wasn't about the person it would lead to a spot the support plan would lead to a service the service would lead to a review and people might start off with that small dollop of care that we that mm. we call it but before long um or by deferring that dollop of care as long as you could people would kind of bounce back bounce back around and I, so i suppose there was a little bit of frustration in that tweet really about you know 30 odd years on is this really where we are still at? And the worrying thing about that tweet is because loads of say you can tweet stuff and nobody ever kind of, it doesn't fly, no, nobody picks it up and uh, and you think it's a good tweet, but nobody's interested in it. That one got a lot of traction and yeah. that's what we're really worrying is that social workers still recognise it. Well, I recognise everything that you said there from my my career as well. I mean, uh, it it sounds like you started like I did under a care management model. Yeah. I had a I had a bag of services, and then I went out and people had a bag of problems, and I fitted yeah. the bag of problems to the bag of services, and that's and that's what I did, and I wrote yeah. those reports, as well. So I understand um, when you tweeted later on um, that you can count on one hand the number of assessments that have genuinely changed anybody's yeah. life for the better i understand that and you've kind of you've kind of fed a response to that into what you've just said there and i think that's um i think that's really interesting and i, and I think it's a well stated uh, remark because i think you're right i think we write assessments as social workers for the system for the machine mm. to do the job that the machine needs that the, the, the people who count the numbers kind of need you know, and i wonder 
you know, we've talked about how this is in local authorities, but I keep coming back all the time because I like to defend local authorities. And mm. I like to defend senior managers and managers and social mm. workers and everybody. I like to defend them because they're, they're doing a... Everybody in that chain, if you like, is doing a really hard job. How do we ever shift the emphasis and the focus when we have to work under this political ideology that mm. we've been stuck with, in my view, since... Thatcher's 80s, which is where a lot of the KPIs you talked about are kind of born out of, you know? Mm. And I think that, I don't know what you think, that's my view, that the fundamental problem is the political ideology, neoliberalism, that kind yeah. of controls and shapes everything that we do. We, we can't break free of that care management model and, and really, really properly get into the, what the personalisation agenda set out to do, because we're, we're trapped in doing it yeah. in a particular way. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think I think all all, all we can do, I, well, there's a couple of things. I, I think one of the things that we can do is talk about it as a profession, um, and have and feel comfortable and confident enough. And and this is this is difficult because we're talking about our employers. I'm you know I'm talking about my employer uh, as well as any anybody else's, but to have an open and honest debate about. Um, what you are employing me to do is not what I'm educated in. And therefore, um, there's probably going to be some issues because the, this, the work that I'm going to produce for you is not necessarily going to, to meet your, your goals, if that's how you see them. So I think kind of using um, vehicles like kind of buzzword, I think, are important to actually kind of get that conversation uh, to be a live, a live conversation. Because I think one of the other things about kind of that critique of care management is that over the past couple of years, I think it's died down. I think it's gone a little bit quiet that uh, that that critique. And I think we've probably convinced ourselves wrongly that um, personalisation and uh, a new or, or even strength based mm -hmm. um, actually kind of fixes uh, all the all the problems. Well, it, it, it absolutely. It doesn't what, what what it does is that it it makes them worse because it can mask the problem really yeah. because underneath underneath strength based uh, there can still be that care management managerial uh, uh, approach so so I think you we, you can have the I think having the the wider that kind of um, macro discussion I think is absolutely vital but I, I think the other thing about social work and and, and politics and challenging the uh, political uh, systems that we work in is that it's in the micro as well and, and we often say to our newly qualified social workers every single case note you write every conversation that you have with somebody every time that anything happens in anything that you do as a, as a social worker it's to reflect on the political Mm -hmm. dynamic that is within that that uh, that interaction um change happens for people um change happens in the small places you know on that kind of micro level so everything that you do as a social worker in terms of demonstrating your compassion and being kind of human rights focused in what you do is is a political is a political uh, act those kind of small political acts feed into that wider bigger political picture um and 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 feed into kind of how we as a profession what our role is in 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 changing some of that in some of that rhetoric so i think that it works on on lots of different uh, on lots of different levels, but um, I also think that, that the the other thing is that um, keeping hope within the profession is really important. So, so one of the things that we're always we we do kind of hear within within the services that I'm involved is we do try and celebrate good social work practice wherever you possibly can because I think if you if you don't you can you, the the light can go out and if the light goes out for us as social workers then um, people who are on the real kind of cutting on the on the cold face and really experiencing 
austerity or the outcome of Brexit and uh, COVID, um, then then you know. The, you can't imagine kind of how difficult some of that must must be if the people that are there to, to help them through that actually uh, the light's gone out for us as well as a, as a profession so celebrating social work and keeping a a positive kind of message whilst not cheerleading ourselves to a place of positivity that's that's false it, that's like for me that's feels like a, that's a tightrope that we walk all the time and loads of times particularly on twitter sometimes yeah i can i you, we can get it massively wrong and it, i can see i can tweet something about that about kind of wanting that positivity to kind of shine through and you know if somebody's having a bad day if somebody's family are you know are really experiencing the worst uh, hardships that come with this kind of this neoliberal approach i get it that actually somebody on social media kind of saying well today in our social work team we did this this and this and it was great because they... yeah. so it's a really difficult one that uh, a really difficult line that that that, that we walk there but I, I think we've got to continue to have the debate and continue to have the discussion or where the discussion particularly around counter care management where that discussion has died down and has gone quiet we need to we need to reignite it and perhaps putting it in context of you know this is over 30 years old it's perhaps quite helpful because i think if you you get to a stage where actually you say look that's that's 30 odd years who was who's practicing now who was practicing before the community care act and there won't be that many there won't be that many practitioners in in the same way that we've had it you know with the you know the mental health act of 1959 it became parts of that became irrelevant actually just because time moved on and the act was yeah. you know 30 years old when it was changed 20 22 years old when it was when it changed 24 years old when it changed my maths is rubbish <laughs> yeah Rob, that, Rob, that's great. I could listen to you talk about that all day. It, 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 it's some great, some great insights into there. Uh, so thanks for taking time out to uh, to talk to me and to talk to the, the people that have a listen to Social Work Shorts. Um, I hope this is uh, the first conversation of, of many um, yeah. that I could maybe have with you. And uh, and we can. There are many things that I could pick out of what you've just said there that yeah. we could probably do another 10, 15 minute conversation about. So I hope we can do that. But thanks again uh, for your time, Rob. That's been Brilliant. great. Thank you. Find out more at socialworkshorts.co.uk.